Last Sunday morning, we talked about Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you were not here last week, don't be, do not fear, do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God has made a way for you to be caught up. I'm going to recap last Sunday morning's message as we get ready to dive into this morning's message. Last Sunday morning, we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they were not conservative in their relationship with God. We talked about their commitment to God. They talked, we talked about the fact that they chose not to play it safe. They, they made a decision to go all in with God. In spite of the situation and in spite of how difficult of a circumstance they faced in being thrown into the fiery furnace. And there was a couple of things in that message that I want to point out to you that each and every one of us have a Nebuchadnezzar in our life. Now you amen that last week. What is a Nebuchadnezzar? Well, the boys had stated their position. We're not going to bow down. But then he gave them a second opportunity to go against God. But you know what they did? They basically said, it doesn't matter what you do, King, we're not going to change our mind. I preached a message one time, and ironically enough, I was going through some things in my office this week, and I come across the, the outline for it, but I titled it, Don't Change Your Mind About God Because He's Not Changed His Mind About You. And I thought, I might ought to dust that one off. Put it in the microwave and heat it up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced a circumstance. They faced a situation where they could, they could choose to deny God and bow down and worship, or they could choose to deny the king and stay true to their king. And as you know the story, if you've been around church very much, they chose to not bow down. They, Nebuchadnezzar asked him, said, Who is the God who's able to deliver you? And the boy simply said, we know in whom we serve. We know he's able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow down. When's the last time you told the devil, it doesn't matter what you throw at me, I'm not going to turn my back on God. He's been too good to me. All in living focuses our faith on the, the faithful ability of God to deliver us. It will present opportunities to express our total belief in God's ability to rescue us in the midst of adversity. You're going to face adversity. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Regardless of God's decision regarding our situation, you need to listen carefully to something I'm about to say right here. Regardless of God's decision regarding our situation, it does not change who God is or what he's able to do. What does that mean, preacher? That simply means if God doesn't do what we expect him to, or if God doesn't do what we desire him to, it doesn't change the fact that he's God. We just have to trust the plan and trust the process. All in living causes us to hold on to our faith in God even when the odds are not in our favor. 
out of all the people there that day, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the only three who were willing to say, I'll walk through the fire for my God. All in living will move the hand of God. It will cause him to show up on our behalf in our time of need. It will cause our adversaries to have to answer to the God we serve. All in living is living for God without due regard for the circumstances around you. No matter what wind blows, no matter what happens, you've got to make your mind up, I'm staying faithful to the Lord. We summed up last Sunday morning's message with one word, and it was commitment. All in living requires a commitment. You can't straddle the fence. You cannot serve God and mammon. You will love one and hate the other. That's what the Bible says. God does not invite people into heaven who are fence straddlers. Fence straddlers are lukewarm. They want a one foot in the church just enough to feel saved, but one foot in the world to still partake. That's not all in living. All in living is when I'm saying I'm jumping in with both feet, and no matter what comes my way, no matter what happens, I'm staying in. Whew. Today we're going to look at another story in Scripture that shows us an example of all in living and what it looks like. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, beginning in verse number 1. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. Nobody likes that word, tested. And said to him, notice the exclamation point, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and sat on his donkey and took, his, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his uh, laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife, and so the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father! And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place in which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. 
And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not touch, do not stretch out your hand against the lad, and do nothing to him, for I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing to honor the word of the Lord being read in his house. Now, before we get into this, I want to point your attention to the last line in that 14th verse. Actually, let me just read the whole verse again. Notice this. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. Notice the next part. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. There is not a might or a maybe or a could happen or a may happen. It said what? It will be provided. Abraham provides us with another example of what all-in living looks like. And I'm going to take a few moments this morning and I'm going to walk through these 14 verses and hopefully we'll get through them all. The first thing I notice in this story is all in living will cause our loyalty and faith to God to be tested. That was the very first thing we see. Look at what the Bible said in verse 1 of Genesis 22. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah to offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. All in living will cause our loyalty and faith to God to be tested. If you don't want to be tested, you're not going to live for God. Hello, somebody. I'm just giving you up front. I, I said this in the first Sunday of the year, which happened to be the first Everybody's always excited to see the old year leave and the new year come because they'll say things like, this is going to be my year and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. When the truth of the matter is, as we embark upon the new year, there will be things that we face that are a test. There will be things that come our way that cause us problems. They put us in positions to decide, am I going to be faithful and loyal to God or am I going to give in to the pressures around me? God promised Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. He was the promised child. And now it seems as though God is recalling the promise or at least asking for it back. Now I don't know about you, but that wouldn't build my faith too much. Hello, somebody. Do you remember how he came to be? Angel Lord visits them and says, uh, you're going to have a baby. Well, that's not going to happen. I'm old. My wife's well past childbearing age. Hello, somebody. But the fact of the matter is when God says something and God promises it, he is not bound by the laws of nature. 
He is not confined by all of the things that try to box him in. And as I heard one preacher say, it wasn't too long after that that Sarah began to crave strawberries and ice cream. She became pregnant and gave birth to this son named Isaac. He was the promised son. But now God is saying, Abraham, go to the mountain with Isaac and sacrifice him. He is in essence asking for his promise back, or that's the way it would appear. You see, so many times we get it confused as to what God's asking of us. He wasn't necessarily asking for him to give his son back. What he was trying to do is find out when you are faced with a situation, are you going to remain faithful to me and loyal to me and trust me, or are you going to balk and halt and stop? I know what this looks like in our our everyday life. You want me to show you? Things are going great. Everything's grand and glorious. We're walking through life. We don't have a care in the world. Then all of a sudden, something comes in our way to test us, and we stop. We analyze, we scrutinize, and we try to figure out. Maybe I need to go back this way. Because so many times in our mind, is the God that I serve able? Hello, somebody. Don't you try to sit there and shine your halo this morning and tell me you have never questioned in your mind whether God was going to show up on your behalf. I'm preaching this to me if I don't preach to nobody else. But the reality of we're faced with a test, are we going to trust God no matter what it looks like? I know what our problem is. God, I need you, before I completely trust you with this, Lord, I need you to show me what the backside of it looks like. But that's not the way God works. God says, you just need to trust me. I know what's best for you. Hello, somebody. You need to walk with me and follow me in the process. It's not that he was recalling the promise or asking for it back. He was merely inquiring about the faithfulness and the obedience and the loyalty of Abraham to him. Living all in will cause us to respond to God with faithfulness. Lord, that didn't work out the way I thought it would, but I'm going to remain faithful to you anyway. I didn't get the answer I was looking for, Lord, but I'm going to stay faithful to you anyway. Look at verse 3 and verse 4. So Abraham arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham responded in faith. He packed up the necessary items for the burnt offering, the sacrifice, and he started on a journey. Now listen. I don't know about you, but as this story progresses, if I'm Isaac, I start questioning some things. And he did. But watch what happens. Look at verse 5. Let me slow down and read this slowly. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. 
I and the lad will go over there. We will worship and return to you. All in living causes us to express our faith verbally. Notice Abraham has been told, get your son, get the wood, get the fire, get the knife, go to the mountain, put him on the altar, and sacrifice Isaac to me. The Bible is written with intentionality. It is not just by some happenstance or accident that the words fell on this page. Abraham said to the young men, I and the lad will go over there, and we is plural, meaning more than one. We will worship, and we will return to you. I know what the Lord said, and I don't see the way yet, but in spite of that, I'm going to respond in faith. Boys, stay here with the donkey. We're going to go on top of the mountain, and we're going to worship, but we'll be back. I wonder what was going through Abraham's mind, because he knew the assignment upon him. He knew what his responsibility was, but yet it almost seems as if he was defying God. Walk with me down this trail. We're going to go up there, but we're going to come back. It almost seems like if he had it in the back of his mind that I'm not going to do this. That's one option. The other option was he was responding in faith. Amen? Amen. All in living will cause us to respond in faith. What do you mean, preacher? I remember the story of the little young lady with an issue of blood who's been out of her living on physicians, and the Bible says she was non-bettered, and she was pressing her way through the crowd, and she said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Before she ever got to Jesus, before she ever touched his garment, she was saying within herself, if I just can get there, I know it'll be all right. She was responding in faith. Abraham responded in faith. We're going over there, and we are going to worship, and we are going to return. My God, I feel like preaching right here. Why was it important that he said, we're going to go worship, and we're going to return? I believe Abraham knew something about worship. It's when you lose yourself in worship that the hand of God begins to move on your behalf. It's when you get lost in him and forget about everything else that God says, now I've got you right where I want you. Lost in it. Not worried about if they're going to sing the chorus again. Not worried about if it's the song before the offering. Lost in it. Lose our Temporary mind, if you will, of where we are. Being elevated to the throne of God. I believe Abraham knew if I just but worship God to move. I believe he, he knew if I just set the atmosphere with worship, God to move. That's what all in living does. All in living says, I know what it appears to be. I know what it looks like. I know what it's going to feel like. But in spite of all of that, I'm going to stand and worship.
Abraham had every intention of coming back down the mountain with Isaac. Listen. Look at 7 and 8. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. He said, Here I am, son. He said, Behold, we have the fire. We have the wood. Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham responded verbally again and said, God will provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Abraham, what are you doing? You've heard the plan. You know what God's mind on this is. You know what God plans to do here. Sacrifice your son. But oh, but not Abraham. Abraham knew something about his God. Isaac, I don't understand exactly what's going to happen just yet, but I know that God's going to provide. You see, what Abraham couldn't see from his vantage point as he looked up the mountain is he couldn't see the ram. He couldn't see the provision, but he trusted that God had it in place. I don't know if there's any theology to this, and I don't know if it's true, but it sure preaches good. I heard one preacher say it like this. When Abraham and Isaac started up on one side of the mountain, God had a ram start up on the other side of the mountain. It might have happened that way, Brother Mike. I don't know. But what I do know is that from the vantage point of Abraham, he couldn't see the provision. But he was opening his mouth and said, while I can't see it, while I don't know where it's going to come from, I may not understand how it's going to happen. There's one thing I know that I know that I know, and it's this, that the God that I serve, he is able to provide a lamb for himself. I may not get it, I may not see it, I may not understand it, but you know what, honey? You don't have to get it, you don't have to see it, you don't have to understand it. The only thing you need to know is that the God you serve loves you enough to make provision for you. But it requires you to be all in. We're going to go. God's going to provide. Abraham once again answers by faith, telling Isaac that God would provide for himself a lamb. In fact, Abraham knew what God had requested and was requiring. Another expression, an example of his faith. All in living causes us to answer in, with faith. Let me back up. Listen. All in living causes us to answer with faith every time. Every time. Beware of losing faith in the midst of the journey. What if Abraham had stopped halfway up to the top of the mountain and said, what am I doing? I'm not about to sacrifice my son. Now listen, I know there's deeper meanings to this. This is a type and shadow of what Jesus did on Calvary. I get it. But in our humanity, and I can't help but think that maybe there were some thoughts running through the mind of Abraham. What am I doing? You say, well, preacher, why do you think, listen, do you think that he was, he was human? I'm human, you're human. 
And you're going to try to convince me that you don't ever have a thought of doubt and unbelief that the enemy places in your mind? Hello? Listen, Abraham, what, what am I doing? I'm taking my son up here to sacrifice him. This is the promise that God gave me. What am I doing? Perhaps there were some thoughts he may have been battling. But you know what he had to do? He had to continue to tell himself, the God that I serve is going to provide. Now, that may not mean anything to you, but it means something to me. Because listen, let me tell you something. There's times that we've had to walk through some things, and I've had to walk through some things, that I had to remind my flesh with my spirit that you're not in control, that God is in control, and my spirit man is going to be the overriding factor here, and I'm going to trust God no matter what. It always works out in the end. Watch this. This is why you need to be all in. All in living will allow us to hear God in the middle of the test. Verse 9. They came to the place where God had told him, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Isaac at this point, I'm going, what just happened? He put him on top of the wood. And I'm sure enough asking what's about to happen now. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, don't stretch your hand out against the lad and do nothing to him for now. I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. All in living will cause us to hear God in the middle of the test. Listen, there cannot be grave danger if we fail to hear God in the middle of our test. Did you hear what I said? There can be grave danger if we fail to hear God in the middle of the test. Abraham, this is what you're going to go do. He responded in faith and God honored his faith. What if Abraham had not heeded the word of the angel of the Lord? He would have killed his son unnecessarily. But what he did was, he was in such a relationship with God that at the moment, I could just picture this. Maybe he had the knife hoisted, ready to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord said, Abraham! Yes, Lord. Put it down. I don't know about you, but sometimes God takes us down a path and in the middle of the journey, he'll speak to us to go a different direction. Hello, somebody. Abraham had to be willing to hear God in the middle of the test. If Abraham had not been living all in, he would not have recognized God as being Jehovah Jireh, his provider. Remember this. When a miracle is what you need, a miracle is all he's got. When a miracle is all that will work, a miracle is all he's got. Living with all in will cause us to look at God as being our provider, not man, not our own intellect, our own knowledge or wisdom, only to God because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Can I just be honest with you? Now listen. We in the Christian world more especially in Pentecostal realms, have been called holy rollers, Bible thumpers, fanatics. Hello, somebody. Probably among a lot of other things. But 
listen, I have seen it over and over and over and over again when people on the outside are looking at us like we've lost our ever-loving mind because we're standing in firm faith believing God for something. But when God comes through, guess who's got the dumbfounded look on their face then? What just happened? What are you saying, preacher? I'm simply telling you that living all in is not going to be popular. It's not going to look like what everybody else in the world thinks you should be doing. Matter of fact, it's going to go against the grain. You're going to have to be the one, or you're going to have to be the one who stands by himself and says, you know what, you can go that way if you want to go that way, but I'm going to stand firm, fast in my faith because I know in whom I believe. Let me get to the bottom of this. After the angel of the Lord said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, Here I am. He said, Do not stretch your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your, son, your only son from me. Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Now, if nobody else was praising God on top of the mountain at this point, it was Isaac. Isaac was having a breakthrough Holy Ghost dance on top of the mountain right now. Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide and it is said to this day that in the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Listen, what started out looking one way sure changed by the time the end of the story got there. It's the same thing we saw last week with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It appeared as though they were going to be thrown into the fiery furnace, and they were. But it appeared that they were going to be thrown in, much to their demise. But what they did not know, what the king did not know until he looked in, was that Jesus was, or the Son of God, if you will, was in the midst of the fire with them. Is that what the Bible said? What it looked like to everybody else was that Abraham was going to go on top of the mountain with Isaac and sacrifice his son. But what happened was God flipped the script and said, I've got a provision for you. You say, what, what, what do you mean by this, preacher? Listen, last week is all in with our commitment. You know what this week is? Are you going to be all in with your contribution? What are you willing to give? What are you willing to give? What are you willing to say, God, here it is. Are you willing to give your Isaac? Are you willing to give your promise? Are you willing to give your only son? Are you willing to say, God, I give it all to you? I talked about cost last week. We're people who want to know what it's going to cost me before I put my skin in the game. Hello, somebody. But that's not the way it works with God. God says, I want all of you before you find out what having me, all of me is about. Did you hear what I said? I want all of you before you really realize what having all of me is about. You say, preacher, is that scriptural? Absolutely it is. 
He wants us to give our life to Him, to repent of our sins, and Him be the Lord and Savior of our life. And I can tell you from personal experience, from the day that I gave my life to the Lord, I didn't understand all of the things that God would do for me throughout my life. But it's been a daily walk. I didn't understand how God would provide in a situation where there was no possible explanation or answer. Anybody ever been there? I didn't understand how God could cause good to come out of something that was so bad or so tragic. But the fact of the matter is, he can. But he doesn't show all of us. He doesn't show us all of that. In the beginning, God says, I want all of you before you can learn about all of me. That's faith. What are you willing to contribute? What are you willing to give? What are you willing to put in so that you can see God in this way? Now, I'm not just talking about money. We hear contribute. We hear give. We're talking about money. We immediately think about money. What are you willing to give? I'm not necessarily talking about money. What are you willing to contribute to God to go all in? Are you willing to give your time? Are you willing to give your talents? Are you willing to give your treasures? Listen, I have pastored places where people said, Pastor, I didn't have any money to give, and they took a ring off their hand and put it in the offering plate. Their heart was in the place, but they didn't have any money to give. What are you willing to contribute? You want me to tell you what God says I want? Now, I could, I could spin this real good about tithing and offering, and I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to tell you what God wants. God's just simply saying, I want all of you. I want your heart. I want your soul. I want your mind. I want everything you have. You say, preacher, that's going to cost me a lot. It absolutely will cost you everything. But can I tell you? that I've not found anything else that has stood the test of time like God's Word. I have seen God provide many times over when God was the only way provision could come. But it takes all in living. I'm going to be very honest with you. It's tough. It's hard. It's difficult. And there's been some times that I didn't want to give what God was asking. There's some times I didn't want it to cost me what God was saying, I want this from you. What it causes us to do is survey our life and, and search our life and say, God, if there's anything in me not pleasing to you or contrary to you, reveal it to me so I can deal with it. You know what God said to Abraham? God said to Abraham, he said, I'm going to tell you what it's going to cost you. I want your son. I want the one that I promised you you would have. Hello. That's what I want. I'm not going to re-preach it. He goes up the mountain. He gets ready to sacrifice Isaac. And God speaks in the middle of it and says, now you can stop. Because now I see you're faithful to me and you're obedient to me. You can keep your son. But you know what? You're not just going to keep your son, but I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're going to be blessed. Look on verse down 15. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, and he said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this 
and not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens, and the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. My blessed God, what a promise. Because you went all in, you're going to possess the gate of your enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. Listen to me. Because of his obedience, he was blessed. He got to keep his son, and he was blessed. Not only that, but they possessed the gate of their enemies. But it took him being willing to contribute the most precious, prized thing he had, his son. Now, I'm convinced this morning that God is not going to ask you to take your child and wood and fire and go up on top of the mountain and sacrifice them. I'm not saying that God's going to ask you to do the exact thing that Abraham did in the exact way that Abraham did. But what I am going to tell you is that there will be a test. There will be a trial. And how you respond will determine if you're all in or if you're not. You see, Abraham was not only all in with his commitment to God, but he was all in with his contribution to God. And what God is saying to us today, that in this year, I want you to be all in with your commitment to me, but I also want you to be all in with your contribution. I want you to give me everything you have. I want you to give me everything you have. What does that mean, preacher? That means you may have to stop doing some things that you're currently doing. Hello, somebody. What that means is you may be engaging in something that God says, you can't go any deeper in me until you get rid of that. What are you willing to give? What are you willing to contribute? We want the deeper things of God. We want to go deeper with Him, but God says it's going to cost you something. Everybody wants the anointing, but they don't want to pay the price of the anointing. If you understand and you study out what happens to the olive as the anointing oil was made and how it was crushed and pulverized, it's a symbolic example of what we have to go through in ourselves to get the anointing of God. And I can promise you, there's a lot of people that want it, but they don't want to pay the cost of it. What are we willing to contribute? Abraham said, God, you can take everything I've got. You can take my son. But don't miss the blessing when we get caught up in what we have to contribute. Look at what the blessing was. A father of many nations. Not only, if you go back and read what the Bible said, it didn't just say that he would possess the, the gate of his enemies. It said his seed. 
his offsprings. Because he gave everything. He was all in. Stand with me all over this house. Now listen, we're human beings, we are people of emotion, we are people who thrive on emotion, we're humanity, that's, that's what humanity does, they thrive on emotion, and we thrive on emotional responses. But you better hear me what I'm about to tell you this morning, and yes, we're a Pentecostal church, and yes, we believe in, in expressions of, of exuberance when the Lord moves in our midst, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've seen people run, I've seen people dance, I've seen people shout, I've seen people fall out in the spirit. I've seen people just stand and weep. And so many times, I'm just going to be real this morning, we judge the greatness of the service by how many people fell out. How many people were dancing? How many people were shouting? Because we're Pentecostal. And we like that kind of thing. But I've, I've heard people say when we leave church, man, we had great church today because there was people doing all kind of emotional things. And I'm not here to rebuke anybody this morning. I don't care how emotional you get. I don't care how much you run. I don't care how much you dance. I don't care how much you shout. I don't care how much you fall out. Just live right when you get through. Otherwise, it was just a fleshly display. And this is not one of those services where you're probably going to see any of that. And we think, man, it just didn't seem like we had good church today. But don't let the devil cause you to miss what God's about to do. Because it's in moments like this it's in an atmosphere like this when the word goes forth and self-examination has to take place, that God can do the greatest work in the lives of his people that no shout, no run, no dance can ever do. You see, as a pastor, I'm not looking for the temporary victory. I'm looking for the long-term success in the fight. Many times the shout comes when we get victory over the thing we're in right now, but it's the next time we come to something. Am I talking to anybody in this house? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Brother, I'm talking about when we make the progress today and the next time we're faced with it, it doesn't knock us three steps back because we can remember. I know what Pastor said in that message when he was talking about Abraham being all in. I may not see the provision coming up on the other side. I may not understand how God's going to do it. I'm just going to stand here in faith and know that God's working while I can't see him working. He's already moving. I failed God so many times. I said, I failed God so many times. I failed him so much that I don't even feel worthy to stand behind this desk.
be honest with you. There's some Sundays I don't want to stand up here. I don't want to preach to you. I don't want to try to make you feel good when you leave this house. I'm just being honest this morning. Is that all right? I'm human. But I had to get to the place where I said, God, I don't care what I feel like in my flesh. I'm going to be faithful to you. Man, there's been times I've walked out of the pulpit and felt like I hit a grand slam. Man, that was the greatest sermon I've preached in months. And it seemed like nobody got anything out of it. There's been times I feel like I fall flat on my face and slid 30 feet. And somebody come up with tears in their eyes and say, Pastor, I needed what you said today. I just have to come to the realization it's not about me. Just like it's not about you. It's all about Him. He just wants us to be faithful. He just wants us to give Him everything we've got. It might be your son. It might be two mites. Let me ask you a question today. This is not for the This is for people who want to be serious with God. And again, I'll tell you what I told you last week. This is not between me and you. This is between you and God. Last week I asked you, I said, are you willing to go all in with your commitment? This week I'm asking you, are you willing to go all in with your contribution? Are you willing to go all in with everything you have? Are you willing to embrace the costs? 